they stay there. And they say yeah, and they say there. Cause all I do is win, win, win. And if you go in here, put your hands in the air. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my good friend, Salman Huck from Fantasy Pros. What's up, man? How you doing? Yo, what's going on, man? Not much, man. So today we are doing the 2006 NBA lottery redraft. So uh, if you don't know the drill, by now we will be uh, going through the first 14 picks of the 2006 NBA draft. So of course, that's the lottery selections. We will be uh, sharing who the teams picked and who we would have picked instead. Uh, we'll also be doing some quick honorable mentions for some guys who may have been on the bubble and also talk about the guys that didn't make the cut uh, in our redraft and why they did not survive the redraft. So uh, without further ado, we will get started with the number one overall pick. So the Toronto Raptors with the number one overall pick selected power forward center Andrea Bargnani, uh, who did not go to college in the U.S. He was an international player. So, Salman, who did you have them taking first? I went LaMarcus Aldridge, clearly the best player in this draft. The Raptors, not a great team. They did have Chris Bosh, but, you know, what a deadly combination that would have been if you could have put Aldridge and Bosh together. Maybe you get Bosh to stick around instead of jumping ship to Miami. But, you know, Aldridge, he's he's got a lot of accolades, man. He's He's been All-NBA second team twice, All-NBA third team three times. He leads this draft class in rebounds and points. And the only thing he's really missing is a ring. But, you know, he's probably a borderline Hall of Fame player. And that's probably the only guy here in this draft that's a borderline Hall of Fame player. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely LaMarcus Aldridge. You could have also made a case for Kyle Lowry. But I think LaMarcus Aldridge, just talent-wise, wins out. I think you are severely underrating how easy it is to get into the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. <laughs> there's a couple other guys here that I think might make it. Uh, but anyway, uh, Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. No brainer. Uh, easy. Number one pick. Uh, he was picked second anyway. So not like, um, you know, he's an, uh, an uh, undiscovered player or something like that. Like you said, leading scorer, leading rebounder, uh, seven time all-star five time all NBA, uh, just a great all around player. I don't think he's currently on a team now but he is one of the few players that is still somewhat active. He has not retired yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on a team this year uh, as, as injuries pile up and stuff like that. So yeah, no brainer pick for number one. All right. So next up the uh, Portland trailblazers via the Chicago bulls selected LaMarcus Aldridge out of Texas power forward slash center. So obviously he went first overall. So who did you have going second overall? I have the Blazers going a little bit different direction here. I have them going Cal Lowry point guard who went pick 24 in this draft. He's clearly the second, well, not clearly second best player, but I think he's the second best player in this draft. You can make a case for some of these other guys, but you know, the Blazers are starting maybe Jared Jack at point guard. They drafted like Dan Dickow in this draft to start being a bench guy behind him and Sergio Rodriguez. So Clearly, they needed help there in the backcourt. Lowry, you know, he was a bit of a problem early on. He, you know, a little bit of a knucklehead, but he would have been a good fit there in Portland. He would have, uh, you know, came in and started right away for them, I think. 
I had uh, Kyle Lowry here as well. I debated a couple other guys, uh, Rudy Gay, Paul Millsap. Uh, Sometimes, you know, for some reason, because of or one of the reasons was because they had Jared Jack and they had just drafted him the year before, but he wasn't a lottery pick. So because of that, uh, I can see them, you know, saying, you know, Jack was decent his his uh, rookie year, but maybe he projects long term as a backup. So that's why I had them going with Kyle Lowry. And it's kind of a no brainer. I think he's another guy that's a potential Hall of Famer, especially now that he has the uh that that championship with uh the raptors and Kawhi and all that so it, it's easier than you think getting into the pro basketball hall of fame so that's why i had him uh yeah he's in probably a future hall of famer and, and a pretty easy pick here okay uh with the third overall pick the charlotte hornets so i guess at the time the bobcats uh selected uh power forward adam morrison out of Gonzaga. Who did you have going third here? Not Adam Morrison. I went Paul Millsap. Uh, he was taken in the second round of this draft, pick 47. They clearly needed a power forward at this time. I think they were starting some combination of Sean May and Melvin Eli. And I think Sean May, they must have picked like a year or two before, but he was clearly really bad. Um, Paul Millsap was one time all NBA. Uh, second defensive team. He's a four-time all-star. So, you know, I think he's just a good overall solid, solid player. He, you know, is a good defender. He's, he just hustles. He did everything kind of right. And that's kind of how he made it in the league. Uh, I remember one year, you know, he was on Atlanta and he was like down there guarding LeBron James. So he, he clearly thought he was a good defender. And he, he, he has the stats to kind of show he is a good defender. Uh, just would have given him, the Bobcats and leadership as well that they'd be lacking, but Paul Millsap would have been a great pick for them there. I think this is the first time we've done a few of these. Now this is the first time that we're in agreement on the first three picks. I yeah, this almost... is getting kind of boring, this one. <laughs> well, I think, I think things switch up after this pick. So it, it gets exciting again. Uh, but Paul Millsap, he was a 47th overall pick. So this is a huge jump for him from 47th to third overall and he was really good. He was really good for a long time. Uh, one of the best defensive players in the league, you know, decent offensively. He could, you know, give you some, some good minutes. Um, he had a, an extended prime with Utah and Atlanta. And then, you know, he even contributed uh, to the Denver team that uh, came back from three, one down twice in the bubble. So I think he's still on a roster. I think he's on Philly at this point. Uh, which is not bad for, again, for an undrafted guy to have a career this long or not undrafted, but almost undrafted <laughs> going 47th overall. So kudos to Paul Millsap. And uh, I think he makes, he's a great fit here uh, with Charlotte. He would have been a, a, a decent front line with him and Emeka Okafor. And of course they don't get Adam Morrison, who was one of the biggest busts in uh, maybe not NBA history, but one of the biggest busts in general. And we can talk a little bit about why, uh, he was such a bust later on in the pod, but yeah. So we're in agreement for all three uh, of the first picks. Okay. So with the fourth overall pick, the uh, Chicago Bulls via the Portland Trailblazers selected uh, power forward center Tyrus Thomas out of LSU. So who did you have going forth here? I ended up taking Rajon Rondo. So I, I thought they could use a point guard. I know they had Kirk Heinrich, but you know, you don't get a lot of players with 
uh, Rondo's talent here, clear upgrade over Heinrich. You know, he's a two-time all-defensive first team, two-times all-defensive second team. He's led the NBA in assists uh, about three times. He's a three-time NBA champ. You know, he has all these accolades. He, he's probably a uh, he's probably a Hall of Famer as well. So, you know, another Hall of Famer type player. They, you know, this he's probably a guy that pairs well with Luol Deng and, you know, who knows what happens down in 2008. Maybe they don't. Well, if they had, you know, Rondo, they probably are not taking D rolls. But you know, this 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 gives them a point guard for the future, uh, right off the bat. And the Bulls were good. The Bulls were good this year. Uh, they had a good good roster. So the the pick makes sense. I went a slightly different direction. Uh, so I went with Rudy Gay. I did consider Rajon Rondo here, but I think they had just spent a pretty high pick on Kirk Heinrich the year before. They had Chris Duhon backing him up, who's nothing special, but seemed like they probably were, thought they were set at the point guard position. So I went with Rudy Gay. Um, so he's a, you know, a totally different player than Tyrus Thomas. You know, he's got a deep offensive bag. Um, he's a great isolation player. There's been some kind of pushback recently on his career as not a winning player because he takes a lot of long twos. He's not, uh, you know, analytics darling or anything like that. Uh, and maybe not in this era, but, or, you know, in, in the 2006 era, but in the more current era, he's, he can play power forward for them. So he has some positional versatility and he's one of just the best scores in NBA history. I mean, in term, he is more of a volume guy, but yeah, he puts up points. So I think he would have been a good fit here on a very strong defensive team. I think he would have given them, you know, some more offensive firepower. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like the fit of Rudy Gay next to Luol Deng. If, uh, that, that's what was going to happen here. So that's why I didn't go Rudy Gay. I just thought fit-wise, like Rudy Gay coming into the league, he's a, he's a small forward. So I didn't, I didn't think they'd pair well together at this point. Yeah, a bit of overlap there. So I, I get that. That makes sense. Okay. So with the fifth overall pick, Hawks selected Sheldon Williams out of Duke. Who did you have going fifth? I went... Brendan Roy. Yeah. You know, talent wise, Brendan Roy was probably the second best player in this draft. Uh, he still had a decently productive career, only playing six years in the league. Maybe, you know, if he's on another team and he gets low advantage a little bit, maybe he has a lo- little bit longer career and we're talking about him in a little bit of a different light, but he's a playmaker. He's a shooter. He could light it up. He won, he won rookie of the year that year. And he, you know, he was even second team all NBA in 09. I think Atlanta was just missing kind of like a, another score next to Joe Johnson, another playmaker, and Brendan Roy would have been that guy. And, you know, who knows what, what would have happened if he doesn't have those injuries and maybe Atlanta manages him better than Portland did because Portland put a lot on the guy. So he uh, was out of the league in six years because of that and his knee injuries. But I think Roy made a lot of sense here to Atlanta. I think he had a degenerative knee condition. He um, did, yes. But, yeah, he doesn't fall too far in Minecraft either. So spoiler alert. Uh, so I had, uh, the Hawks picking, uh, Rajon Rondo. Uh, so they desperately needed a point guard at this time. They were splitting time basically between Tyron Lou and Speedy Claxton. So they desperately needed an upgrade there. Uh, it would have been really interesting to see how Rondo would have matured on a team, uh, without the leadership that he had in Boston. I think some of it, some of the way his career derailed, maybe that he was under so much pressure in Boston to be, you know, that fourth member, not even the big three, but I guess the fourth member of their big four, 
and he played in a lot of big games. He lived up to it. I mean, there was a couple games where he was the best player on the floor, uh, but maybe some of that pressure got to him. And, you know, once he had that taste of success, I think that's why things got derailed in uh, Dallas, Sacramento, et cetera. So if he would have started on a worse team, maybe he would have seen that, you know, winning isn't the norm in the NBA, that it's hard to win in the NBA. And maybe he would have had a different career if he started at the bottom versus starting at the top. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. I do wonder how well he'd mesh with like Joe Johnson, AKA ISO Joe, who doesn't, doesn't want anyone else touching the ball. So that, that would have been an interesting fit, but otherwise uh, I, I like it. Solid pick. So with the sixth overall pick, the Portland Trailblazers selected, uh, so via the Minnesota Timberwolves selected the aforementioned Brandon Roy uh, out of uh, Washington. So obviously Brandon Roy is not on your board anymore. So who did you have them taking instead? I have them going Rudy Gay here. So Rudy Gay didn't fall too far for me. Uh, you know, this is a pick mini traded. Uh, they, they had originally drafted Brendan Roy, traded for Randy Foy. So I have the Blazers taking Rudy Gay, super athletic. You talked about it, can score in bunches. Surprisingly, I'm, I'm really shocked at this. Rudy Gay has no all-star selections or any accolades really to talk of. So that, that was kind of a shocker. I was like, man, am I remembering Rudy Gay's career right? He has nothing like... He was just a guy you could score. And that, that was really it. And that's something Portland probably needed at this point in time. So they were starting like guys like Martel Webster and I'm a Duco. So the current coach of the Boston Celtics. So <laughs> these guys were not, you know, scores by any means. Martel Webster thought he was, but he clearly was not. So Rudy Gay would have been a clear upgrade there for the Blazers. Yeah. I don't think he's still the coach of the Boston Celtics, but <laughs> temporarily suspended. He didn't get fired. Not yet. Not at least. Um, yeah, Rudy Gay, I think he suffered from some of the same fate that uh, Mike Conley did. Remember, for a long time, I was like, Mike Conley's never been selected to the All-Star game. Uh, and then you realize he played point guard in the Western Conference, and you have guys like Chris Paul, Steph Curry, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think the same thing happened with Rudy Gay, where he was always good, but not great. And he played small forward. Uh, I think, I don't know if back then it was uh, front court, back court, I don't recall, but you know, it's going to be hard to break in uh, to the front court when you have, you know, guys like Tim Duncan, um, Dirk Nowitzki, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So he was always a good, not great player to me. Um, so I had the uh, Trailblazers picking JJ Redick. So I know Brandon Roy was a much better player, uh, but I think the injury issues kept him from being truly special. Um, so again, he doesn't, you know, I, I pick him pretty soon, but the question is, do you want five years of great play from Brandon Roy or 10 years of like above average play from JJ Redick? Um, I know it took him a little while to get started, but he became, you know, a dead eye shooter, one of the best in the league, decent enough defender. And I think there was a long streak where he didn't miss the playoffs. Um, he's a winning player, hustle guy, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why I had uh, Portland picking JJ Redick here. Yeah, not a bad pick though. I wonder does JJ Redick make it into the NBA if he's playing on the jail blazers? Well, he would have uh he would have had some great stories. I mean here he does have some great stories. <laughs> yeah, he would have had some great stories for his podcast. I mean he was a bit yeah. of a I I don't know. I I heard pretty bad things about JJ Redick coming into the draft like personality wise. He was just a big massive asshole. So maybe that doesn't help him if he goes to Portland. 
I mean, maybe, maybe that, he gets put in his place. Maybe he gets put in his place by Zach Randolph and those guys. How much of that is just like the Duke reputation? I, I think that's what it is. But I mean, I've I know people that like met him like randomly on the streets, and JJ Reddick was like, "Dude, get get the hell away from me!" Like, I, you <laughs> commoner, so, like, what are you doing in my face? Why are you asking me for stuff? Like, that's how so he was before. Yeah. yeah, he's an entitled Dukey. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, he seems nice now. I guess he's been yeah, humbled. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's been maybe he's sure. just doing a, a PR thing. <laughs> All right. And he definitely got humbled some, at some point in his career. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So with the seventh overall pick, the uh, Timberwolves via the Boston Celtics selected guard Randy Foy out of Villanova. So who did you have the uh, Timberwolves selecting again via the Boston Celtics? Yeah, I had him taking J.J. Redick, clearly the best shooter in the draft. You talked about this, maybe. I mean, Timberwolves are heading towards a rebuild. They trade KG the next year, so they just need some talent. And maybe J.J. Redick is that is that piece for them there that you know gives them some wing scoring and shooting. So I actually, I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, I just think J.J. Redick is not the type of guy that you can build a team around. No, no, absolutely um, not. No, no. I just, they so, just need some talent and maybe he ends up in Boston in that trade anyway. So most likely. So I had, um, I had them taking a bit of a gamble here. So uh, like you said, I think Minnesota knew that they were going to be blowing things up soon with uh, the KG trade. So they take a chance on a guy like Brandon Roy, who has incredible upside uh, and is like you said, probably the second most talented player, maybe even the most talented player in this draft if we're being real. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe with some hindsight, they do a little bit more load management. They take some of the wear and tear off of him. Maybe they're not trying to compete right away. Well, obviously, if he comes into this situation, he's playing with KG, so he doesn't have to be the focal point of the team um, like he was in Portland where he came in with a fellow rookie. So he would have definitely been the second banana, maybe even third banana uh, on that Minnesota team. But I think... You just the the rest of this draft is not great, and so you want to take a risk here. And I think you do that with uh, with Brandon Roy, who again, as we said, maybe the most talented player in this draft. Yeah, and he's definitely the second best player in Minnesota if he gets drafted there. I'm not saying he's not the second best. I'm saying maybe in terms of like the load he has to carry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at that roster. Minnesota's roster was garbage outside of Kevin Garnett. <laughs> no wonder you wanted to get away, poor guy. Yeah, he had a he had a rough go there. Okay, so uh, with the eighth overall pick, the Memphis Grizzlies via the Houston Rockets select forward Rudy Gay out of UConn. Uh, he is off the board in both of our drafts. So who did you have them taking instead? Yeah, I went back to back JJ's here. I went JJ Barea, who's you know undersized point guard. He was actually undrafted in this draft. But, you know, quick, speedy guy could have given them some scoring punch off the bench behind Damon Stoudemire, who was starting there. And, you know, I could see him being a pretty nice pairing with Pau Gasol, who was there as well. So they would have been pretty good teammates. Um, I mean, Slim Pickens out here, so I went J.J. Perea. I think this is a massive overdraft (laughs) for you. I like J.J., uh, don't get me wrong. Um, Again, this is not a great draft, but I think he's not the – eighth best player in this draft. Uh, So I had them taking Andrea Bargnani. So I think he would have been a good transition player from Powell uh, to, you know, him, because of course they traded him pretty soon after I think the following year, they traded him to LA. Um, And I think he would have helped 
Powell would have helped under Bargnani get acclimated to the league. And he would have not had to deal with the pressure of being the number one pick. And I was actually pretty surprised that he was the seventh leading scorer in this draft. The way people talk about him, it's like he's Anthony Bennett or, you know, Olo Candy, who just kind of came and disappeared. Um, and he had a decent second career with the Knicks. I think he was always a pretty good scorer, just not, you know, good a defensive player by any stretch. But I think he could he could load it up. He could fill up the box score when you give him the chance. And I think he would have fit in well on this Memphis team. He would have been surrounded by some toughness and some uh, good veteran players. And again, he wouldn't have had to deal with the pressure of being the number one pick. Yeah, I can, I can see that. But I think the problem with Bargnani was he was always just overhyped, right? People like, Oh, he's going to be this amazing, like, you know, skilled guy. He's going to, he's going to be Dirk. He's going to be Dirk. Basically everyone thought he was going to be Dirk, but he was never close to Dirk. And then, the Knicks stupidly traded two first rounders for him. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, he's not that good. You already know he wasn't that good. So I think there's just a lot of pressure on him and not having to play with that pressure and maybe having a big man like Powell to kind of mentor him a little bit might've helped him. So I, I like that pick, but I I just thought JJ Barrio, I don't know. I feel like you're undervalued. It's a safe pick. Maybe. It's a safe pick. Bargnani is a safe pick. No, I'm saying JJ Barrio is a safe pick. Oh, JJ Barrios, yeah, he's, yeah. You know what you're getting. You know you're getting a role player off the bench. That's that's a safe pick. Yeah, Bargnani is a you. You go for talent. Yeah, yeah. Why not? All right. Uh, with the ninth overall pick, the Golden State Warriors, unfortunately for both of us, selected uh, forward Patrick O'Brien out of Bradley. Who did you have them taking instead? I know you didn't have them take Patrick O'Brien. Definitely not. I would not draft Patrick O'Brien if he was like. The only player left in this draft. I let him go undrafted. Um, that's how much I hate Patrick O'Brien. I went Davo Cephalosha. He's a great fit for the Warriors. He's, you know, he's the kind of the three and D guy. He comes, he started that, you know, three and D wing type player. He's, he's really that guy. And so, you know, he's in, he's made, he's been one all NBA defensive second team. And, you know, he just fits in well with this Warrior squad, right? They, you know, they have Steven Jackson, Al Harrington, those guys, Baron Davis is coming on board. So, or Baron Davis was on board at this point. And so I think he just kind of comes in there. He can play defense. He can shoot. And he fits pretty well with this We Believe team. I think everything that you said about uh, Tabo uh, applies to my pick, who um, is a very similar player. So I actually had them picking P.J. Tucker. So I think the guy that he has become later in his career is a perfect fit for the We Believe team for all the same reasons that you talked about Cephalosha. Uh, he can, he's an undersized guy, but he's one of the best corner shooters in the league, which would have been great on this pace and space type team. He can guard just about anybody, especially when he was, you know, a little bit younger. He can still do that pretty well, despite being, I think, 37 or 38 years old. He's just got a, he's a great story, provides a lot of toughness. I think he left the NBA for actually for five years uh, to play in Israel, Ukraine, Italy, Greece. So just an incredible story and an incredible career. Uh, but I think if he, you know, take if you take the player that he is now or the player that he's been for the past few years, I think he would have been a great fit here with this again with this we believe team. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. The only the only reason I didn't have him going this high was because he started his like first four or five years out of the league, playing in various international leagues, things like that. And it took him a time to develop. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna draft a guy and wait five years for him when his contract is already up. So but you know, being a first round pick, he probably stays around in the league a little bit longer. I think some of some of the reasons that he was gone and came back is just because at you know, in this era, 
yeah he wasn't his skill set wasn't as valued yeah and he was a second round pick so he's like well i'm not going to get playing time i get i'm going to get a chance to develop it internationally so i think that's part of the reasons he left yeah absolutely all right with the 10th overall pick the then seattle supersonics uh drafted muhammad sene if you ask who then i'm right there with you uh so yeah they drafted muhammad sene with the 10th overall pick who did you have the sonics taking here instead I went Andrea Bargnani. The Sonics, ironically, took probably the bigger bust than Patrick O'Brien in Mohamed Sene, but Andre Bargnani would have been a great fit for him here. You know, like we talked, you talked about him, right? He could shoot. He he had a pretty decent second career. He was a good three-point shooter. You know, he was soft in the post, but I think he would have worked really well here on the Sonics team. Ray Allen was there. He would have been just a you know a good shooter for them and a good piece for them. This was a weird team. Mm-hmm. They had talent, but they didn't play well. Nope. Ray Allen, Rashard Lewis. I think George um, Carl was George Carl the coach. At this I don't time? think so. Maybe it's either George Carl or Nate McMillan at this point. I forget who it was. Yeah, so slightly underachieving. Um, anyway, I had them taking uh, Tabo Cephalosha. So I I know you had him going ninth. I didn't have him going much later. Um, I think it would have been a good piece for the Sonics. Um, uh, doesn't change their fortunes much, but he's a good mature player that can guard a bunch of positions. Again, everything that you said, three and D good wing defender, etc. cetera. Uh, he ends up on this team anyway, when they were the OKC thunder. Uh, so I think he just gets there a little bit earlier and provides some, some of that defensive toughness and stuff like that, that, that he always does. So just a slight detour in his career to end up here a little bit earlier. Yeah, and they were coached by some random guy named Bob Hill. Nate McMillan was the year before, so that's probably why they didn't do great. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so with the 11th overall pick, the Orlando Magic selected J.J. Redick, a shooting guard out of Duke University. So uh, I think he's off the board in both of our drafts. So who did you have Orlando taking instead? Yes, I have Orlando going Randy Foy. You know, they needed some scoring off the bench for could do that you know he's he's not an elite player by any means but if he's your you know seventh or eighth man coming off the bench and you're looking for scoring that's what randy Ford can do he averaged i believe 16.3 points per game in his nba career so pretty decent and he played almost 11 years in the nba so he wasn't an elite guy but you know pretty good bench player if i'm not mistaken this is the year that they went to the finals right no or was no, it no. the year after they 2007 they, Oh nine, they went our oh nine, so they're they're a couple oh, wow. years okay. away. Yeah, yeah, they're a couple years <laughs> a away. Couple years away. Couple uh, years away. But, but this you, is the year after they drafted Dwight, so they yeah. they become a playoff team here. So and they were good. They were really good. Yeah. Um, solid team. Dwight Howard, I think. Uh, Jameer Nelson was a starting point guard at this point. So yep. I, I had them going with Randy Foy as well. Get like you said, good scorer off the bench, good six man. Would have been a nice backup. He could run the team for you know 10, 15 minutes a game, and also if they wanted to go. With that uh, two-point guard backcourt, I think he's a good fit. Uh, again, not, not a spectacular player, but he had a long career, scored a lot of points, so good for him. Okay, with the 12th overall pick, the uh, New Orleans Hornets selected Hilton Armstrong out of UConn. Who did you have them picking 11th? Or, I'm sorry, 12th. Well, yeah. Man, these centers are horrendous in this draft, by the way. Uh, I had them going Ronnie Brewer. 
you know, they needed a shooting guard and he's a, he's a, he was a shooting guard coming in. He's a good defender. He couldn't really shoot, which is ironic, but uh, you know, he had a few strong seasons there when he was with the jazz and he was top 20 in steals in the NBA most years. And he was pretty good in defensive rating. So, you know, really they're just bringing this hard nosed defender to kind of play alongside CP three and David West. And, you know, instead of starting like Bobby Jackson and going to point guard lineups, they, uh, to get a defender who can kind of give, give, you know, like guard guys like Kobe and things like that, not stop them, but guard them and take the pressure off CP three and David West to do everything. I like the pick. I, I prioritized offense here. Um, and I had them picking uh, Daniel Gibson or Daniel Booby Gibson uh, as uh, he was known. Uh, I think he would have slotted nicely in that two guard next to CP three. And he is, I think statistically the best shooter in this draft. Um, he shot over 40% from three for his career Had a couple seasons where he averaged over 10 points per game. He's obviously not the defender that Ronnie Brewer is, but I think he was a solid all around player. I know he was obviously carried by LeBron on those Cavs teams, but I think he was a good solid contributor and a good role player. Uh, and I think he would have been a good fit on this team. Yeah, I, I feel like he might be a little redundant with Bobby Jackson because I feel like they're very similar in styles of play, things like that. But, you know, you can never have enough scoring off the bench. So why not? I appreciate you giving me credit there for that one. Because obviously, you didn't like it, but it's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's decent. It's decent. I I, I, I thought about Bowie Gibson and we'll get in, in here. Um, we'll get We'll get there in the honorable mentions. Okay, for sure. All right, with the 13th overall pick, the Chicago Bulls via the Philadelphia 76ers selected uh, Tabo Cephalosha. Uh, So I think he's off the board in both of our drafts. So who did you have the Bulls picking instead? I took P.J. Tucker, uh, like for all the reasons you mentioned. Obviously, great player, but he played a few years overseas. But he's a late bloomer, 3 and D type guy, can guard, you know, one to five. Um, basically the player he's become now, right. That's, that's the player you'd want to take in the lottery. And he's just a tough, you know, tough guy. He's a great defender. And that's something Chicago could have absolutely used. They were playing, you know, guys like Tyus Thomas. So they were pretty soft and that's why he feels a lot of league, but they need guys, they need more PJ Tucker type players. He would have been perfect on this team. Absolutely. Um, so he's off the board in my draft. So I had them taking, uh, another really good defender in Ronnie Brewer. Um, so I didn't have him much later than you. I think you had him the pick before. So he gives, again, a lot of the stuff that you talked about, the toughness, the positional versatility on defense, uh, gives them you know, a decent backup to, to Ben Gordon and Luol Deng as a defensive backup. And he does a lot of the things that uh, Cephalosha did for them, but without the shooting because he could not shoot <laughs> to save his life. Uh, but decent NBA player good defender. And I think we're like, like we said a few times, we're getting to a pretty slim pickings here uh, at the bottom of this lottery. He's, he's basically Tony Allen light. That's what he is. Tony Allen yeah, light. There you go. All right. And with the final pick of the uh, 2006 NBA lottery, the Utah jazz selected uh, Ronnie Brewer out of Arkansas. So he is off the board. Both of our drafts just picked a, a pick or two ago for both of us. So who did you have them taking instead? I went with a, with a pick I don't think you're going to like or agree with, but I went with Steve Novak. He was, uh, I just gave him shooting, you know, he was uh, actually a pretty good three-point shooter and 
there was once or twice where he led the league in three-point percentage and meeting the minimum requirement number of shots. So, you know, he could play small forward, power forward, and just stretch out the floor for them. They had guys like Mehmet Okur already there in AK-47. So just thought they could use another stretch guy and bring him off the bench and get some shooting. So I may, I may be overvaluing him here, but, you know, it's kind of slim pickings out here. So I, I just went Steve Novak here. And he was, I think, drafted in the second round of this draft and picked 32. I think he's just too one-dimensional uh, at this point. There's still better guys. There's still guys that, that are two-way players or at least more, you know, contributors versus just shooting. I don't think he averaged more than nine points a game in his career. Maybe in this era where he could shoot more, he could be more useful. But I think back then, you know, I don't. I just don't think he was worth it. I think his career high was five attempts a game or five three-point attempts a game. So maybe now he's probably shooting 10 threes a game and he's, he's putting up bigger numbers. Uh, but yeah, I just, I didn't see it. I thought he was too one dimensional. Uh, so I had the jazz taking JJ Barea. So at this point they had Darren Williams, but his backup was D Brown, who was also his college backup or his college teammate. And he just wasn't very good. Uh, so JJ gives him a big upgrade here. He's going to be, you know, a, a great six man. Uh, he's got some scrappiness some toughness. And I think all of that would have made him a, a really like well-loved or well-liked player uh, in Utah. And I think you mentioned that he went undrafted. So this is a nice jump for him from undrafted to the lottery. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see JJ Perea as a backup to Jerome Williams. I, li- I like it. Not that bad. I mean, you had him going what? Six. I, I had him going eight. <laughs> eight. eight. So eight. yeah, a little bit of an overdraft, at least I think. Hey man, he's an undersized point guard. Gotta give love to the undersized point guards. For sure, for sure. All right. So that's it for the draft, uh, for the for the lottery at least. Uh, so let's talk about some of our honorable mentions and who you had right on the bubble. Yeah, not too many honorable mentions here in this draft, but I'll throw out a couple of guys. Jordan Farmar was another one guy. Uh, or sorry, Jordan Farmer, not Farmar. Um, he could have been in here. He probably, I probably should have put him 14 instead of Steve Novak, but you know, I went in that direction. CJ Watson, another guy, Booby Gibson, Daniel Booby Gibson. And then, uh, a guy who I thought would have had a better career, but I think it was derailed a little bit by injuries. Just Leon Poe. He was a great, you know, player at Cal and came out of, you know, the Bay area and was really talented dude, but I think just injuries kind of cut his career short before he got a chance to really bloom in the NBA. So those would be the honorable mentions for me. CJ Watson, you know, was an mm-hmm. explosive score randomly at times, a G League guy. I think he had like a 45-point game with the Warriors once or twice, and then randomly with the Bulls, things like that. So he could he could score. So that's why he was in the honorable mentions as well. I had a lot of the same guys. Um, so yeah, Leon Poe, nice player, kind of a utility guy, and he won a championship with the Celtics, but again, derailed by injuries. Uh, Jordan Farmar, it's Farmar, not Farmer. Oh, damn, it's not Farmer. I was right the first time. I was like, it's, I'm pretty sure it's Jordan Farmer, but why not? Yeah, have, you had it right the first time. I had it right the first time. Uh, so, yeah, solid role player, backup point guard, kind of a whatever guy. Uh, Steve Novak on the bubble, but too one-dimensional for me. C.J. Watson, everything you said, you know, good scorer off the bench. Undrafted guy, so, so credit to him. Uh, Shannon Brown, he had a long career. I think he played 12 years, maybe on 12 teams. He played with for a ton of different teams, but you know, good for him that he actually stuck around for a long time. And I actually had Tyrus Thomas on the bubble. 
I don't think he was good enough, but this draft is so bad that I, I actually considered him. I think he may, may have been the 15th pick. I don't think he drops that much. Maybe, maybe, but I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just me, like, remembering the Tyrus Thomas hype, and he's going to be this, oh, you know, all NBA power forward. And I, I feel like too many guys are hyped up like that, like he was in the mold of Thermile Swift, right? Hyped up, talented, he's super talented, he's going to do all these things, and then he just does nothing. Like, that's that's what it was to me. So I don't like guys who are super hyped and then didn't even live up, like not even close to those expectations. I mean, it's not his fault he got hyped. Oh, it's not his I'll fault. say that. Yeah, it's not his fault. <laughs> all right so we actually agreed on all of the guys that didn't make it uh to the redraft uh so we'll start with uh adam morrison who went third overall what went wrong with adam morrison he just didn't have that you know mentality to be in the nba he was pretty soft uh couldn't take contact like everything he could do in college he couldn't do in the nba for some reason and that's 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 why he flamed out Okay. And next, uh, Tyrus Thomas. So he went fourth overall. I think you covered it. He just didn't live up to the hype. He's a little soft, but any, anything else you want to point out about him? No, no, I think that covers it. <laughs> soft. There you go. Soft. <laughs> covers I mean, it. Adam Morrison, soft, Tyrus Thomas, soft. Like are we, we're going to go down this list. All these guys are soft. Yeah. We're, we're seeing a theme here. It's a lot of big men, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Sheldon Williams, fifth to uh duke so that's three in a row three four five not not surviving the redraft yeah i mean sheldon williams i i honestly don't know what the hawks were thinking taking him i know he was productive at duke but he just he just looked like a mediocre player coming out of this draft like he didn't look like he belonged in the top five of this draft and then next our boys uh the warriors pick patrick o'brien ninth overall Yep. Why? I mean, one word, <laughs> soft, terrible. I, I mean, that's, that's all you can use to describe that guy. Soft and terrible. Okay. And then uh, Mohamed Sene went 10th overall. Another guy who was just soft, couldn't play in the post. Didn't, I mean, he was skinny, man. Like I think him and KD were the same weight coming into the NBA like that. And this guy was supposed to be like a center. So you're not going to survive being the same weight as KD coming into the NBA. Yeah, not without uh, an offensive skill set. Nope. Uh, okay, and then Hilton Armstrong, 12th overall. What went wrong here? I, I mean, I think he would have been in the top 20 here in this draft. He was. He still put up some decent numbers, or he had some decent seasons, but just just not enough to you know, warrant being a lottery guy. He didn't do enough. Like He had maybe one or two good seasons, and that was it, and then he was out of the league. Totally fair. So question for you, mm-hmm. out of these guys, the, the six names that we mentioned, are there any of them that you think would have been better players in this current era? None, none. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe Tyrus Thomas, maybe Tyrus Thomas, that's it. Maybe. Because he, he, he could have athletic, could've played, he could, he's athletic, long, he could have played kind of that you know, he could have stretched the floor. He could have been a fit with like the Warriors. He could have been, you know, the, the guy the Warriors want James Wiseman to be, right? He, he could be that kind of guy. He could run the floor as a as a big. Yeah, he still had a, a I mean, not a very long career. Played for eight years. Not yeah, bad. So, solid career. Solid career. Yeah. But yeah. everyone else is definitely not. They all flame out. They're all terrible. <laughs> you don't think Adam Morrison's out here shooting threes? 
No, he, if, if he's lucky, he's he, he turns into Mike Dunleavy Jr. It's like light, like if he's lucky. Like he didn't even, he wasn't even that, so. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, well, that's uh, all our picks, the honorable mentions, and, of course, the guys that did not survive the redraft. So thank you for uh, sitting with us on, you know, and bearing this terrible draft with us. They're not all winners. I'll tell you that. Uh, they can't all be the uh, 2011 draft or anything like that. So uh, thank you again. Uh, please make sure to follow, like, and subscribe uh, the 4040 Vision Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the 4040 Vision Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at 4040 Vision Pod. Uh, we just dropped an incredible interview with ESPN anchor and Sports Center anchor Arda Ocal, uh, who has an incredible journey from you know being a math major in college to doing public access radio to now being one of the most recognizable faces on ESPN and doing Sports Center on the radio. That was incredible. Like people should definitely check that one out. That was really really good. Yeah, super inspirational, super just you know yeah, just an awesome guy with an amazing story. Uh, so once again, yeah, please follow, like, and subscribe. Thank you guys for checking it out. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time, man. All right, peace, peace out, everybody. Thank you. Uh, get a drum of some. Shit, I already gave the summer some. It's the winner's turn. Kobe Ho is the coldest. I'm just getting better with time. I'm like, oh, it's the one. Young. No two alike like a snowflake. Okay, show me what you got, babe. Words are slurring. Engine current. Mommy front, but I'm so determined. Shots up a drone. Now she in the zone. I ain't talking about the two, three. Mommy in the zone like the homie two, three. Jordan change. Make no change.